welcome to X-Rated Movies. <laughs> this is a podcast by two guys who used to date and now they no longer date. I'm one of your intrepid co-hosts, Ryan Whedon. I'm also one of your intrepid co-hosts, Matthew Fisher. And uh, I'm putting my feet up on the couch because you're so confident in the results of the election that you're just arms behind your head. We're in a weird spot because technically this episode is being recorded before the election has happened, but it will be coming out after it has happened. So you, listener, know things that we don't. You could be in a Mad Max-style post-apocalyptic future. We could all be just rummaging around for guzzoline and... uh, Water and uh, yeah, playing guitars that shoot fire. Yeah, hopefully that hasn't happened. You know, hopefully Trump has maintained calm and and given everyone reason to just sleep easy at night. He decided to do a one eighty in his second term and uh, try some some democratic things. Yeah, it's really weird. You know, he uh, suddenly became presidential all at once on that second term. Oh, look at that! Uh, and not even when the second term starts, he's just like yeah. he won the election, and he's like, you know what? I got to start taking this seriously. I've mm-hmm. realized I'm, I just wasn't doing this right. Yeah, he's emotionally capable of making that pivot. Longtime listeners will remember that episode two of our podcast was recorded like three or four days before the 2016 election, even though they all came out that December, but we recorded it just a couple days before. And I just remember thinking, we got this. (laughs) Slam dunk. Yeah, we were definitely counting our chickens before they were hatched. true. And yeah, we just thought like, oh, it's cool. We had our first black president. Now we're gonna have our first lady president. Let's move on into the future. Yeah. And instead, there's a, a large group of Americans determined to pull us back into the past. Yeah, it's a, it's, it was a little disconcerting. I think it was a wake-up call for all of us. If we must, we, <laughs> if you can't tell by our opening banter, we still are suffering a little, little anxiety from it. We didn't work out all this stuff in our Nixon episode. To me, the weirdest thing is, like, of the past four years, because that's roughly how long we've been doing this podcast now, Yeah, is that uh, people would rather have Trump for president than a woman. Like, that's how strongly they feel about making sure that women know their place. Well, and, and she doesn't represent their racist values, so, as we've learned, is uh, a strong value of the Republican Party, Yeah, <laughs> apparently. So... Hopefully, we just have sort of a, you know, old fuddy-duddy working his way to the White House Mm. at this point. Never felt myself rooting so hard for a snooze alert. (laughs) But uh, wouldn't that be nice? Maybe we'll have a a President Harris one day. That'd be cool. Although, if our Twitter feed is any indication, uh, most of our listenership would not approve of that either. Kamala Harris is a cop. I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, also, like, our Twitter feed, like, because it's, it's mostly far lefties, of course. There's some ugly stuff there, too. Like, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, I remember saying, like, well, good, she was a racist anyway. I'm like, okay, just save your hot takes for a different day. <laughs> it's all settled down, people. And then, like, when, when Trump was like, uh, soldiers are 
like uh suckers and losers like i definitely saw people like well they are suckers and losers like but from the left side i was like jesus christ you guys like just cool it a little bit by the way i know twitter's like a place where you can just air and say what you need to say but i guess don't yeah think think before you post maybe Mm -hmm. i think um just because you can say anything on the internet and there's that maybe that maybe this doesn't bear repeating but like just because you can say anything you want on the internet and you have that separation of the internet you know you're not actually seeing the person's face while you write the thing like your words doesn't mean it doesn't mean you should yeah your words can hurt or they can get you into trouble and just you know take a take a second thought before like i don't know whenever i i've posted a couple tweets on our account rarely but once in a while i do it and i like proofread it <laughs> i edit like I'm, I'm like writhing being like oh should i post this is this even like a good like i have several times when i'm when i'm getting ready to do this i'm like is this even like good enough to tweet oh there's definitely things that like especially if i'm like stone and watching a movie and having a funny thought and like i'll go to tweet it and then like i look at it and i'm like oh maybe this is just funny to me twitter doesn't need this <laughs> yeah but there are apparently people who do not have that impulse but that's the the opposite, I think, of what Twitter was meant for. It's meant to have your throwaway thoughts just... just this is the dump bin for all your throwaway thoughts. Thought diarrhea all over. Yeah. I don't know how people okay. do it. I have a little, like, social anxiety with social media. Like, I feel like posting, like, once a day is too much. No, but, that's that's the, a number you can do. But, like, other people are like, oh, I gotta post, like eight times a day no who can do that and i'm also like how do you power through that anxiety like how do you think of stuff that much and how do you deal with like the likes and the like if comments like what if somebody writes something on something you posted five days ago you're like already 40 tweets deep at that point (laughs) like how can you remember what you were thinking i don't know like i'm i it's too fast for me yeah yeah, no, I get, like, anxious about it sometimes. I spew all my thought dumps here once a week. <laughs> yeah, kind of, and then I'm spent. I got no more thoughts. Yeah, save them up, dump them all at once, down the toilet. It's like, uh, uh, unless you guys want to hear my theories about impairment of goodwill and uh, how to amortize, you know, the, the cost of your intangible assets over their lifespan... <sighs> Like, that's what my brain is, is thinking about most of the week. Uh, sorry. I um, drifted off there for a minute. Yeah. Oh. And so I could, like, you know, go to Twitter and be like, this triple bottom line accounting is bullshit. <laughs> but uh, no one wants to hear that. I don't know. I think you should do it and see who responds. <laughs> I'm going to get some weird followers. <laughs> I think the thing is to not care. You got to just tweet. Consequences be damned. At least for our standing, I think if you're the president, you should probably consider your Rain tweets it in a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I think for us, we can just tweet willy nilly. All right. Well, maybe I'll try one one of these days. Just a willy nilly tweet. <laughs> maybe I should preface tweet it with willy nilly. Willy nilly tweet alert. <laughs> and I'll put like the little like flashing red lights around there that. There you go. Yeah. And then I'll put my willy nilly tweet. Yeah. Yeah. What is something that 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 you would be a good willy nilly tweet for you? <laughs> That, like, what, what's a thought that that continually comes into your head that, that you think no one cares about? 
Um, okay. I feel that chunky peanut butter is just peanut butter where they didn't finish the job. I mean, okay, okay, okay. This isn't a salted caramel. This isn't potatoes versus figs. This, is, this isn't a, a rain cloud thunderstorm situation because I'm also a smooth man myself. Okay, thank you. But I do, uh, like, I can at least see the appeal of, of Chunky. Please explain to Ryan Whedon, myself, the appeal <laughs> of Chunky peanut butter. Well, that crunch is satisfying. If I wanted crunchy peanuts, I would eat peanuts. <laughs> You're just gonna put peanuts on a sandwich. Yes. You're gonna smear. I'll half jam or up. jelly. <laughs> just put whole cashews. No, I'll chop them up a little bit because that's what they. Do. You know what they do? They make the peanut butter and then they add peanuts. Uh huh. It's dumb. I hate it. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want chunks of peanut in my smooth peanut butter. <laughs> Would you like? chunks of something in your regular butter no <laughs> well no butter's that's a, dairy yeah butter's a spreadable delicious thing i don't want chunks in any of my dairy would you want, anything would you want chunks of cow in your butter no <laughs> mm, what, what i want what i want raw beef yeah, <laughs> my butter. That's what I'm asking, because that's what chunky peanut butter is. Yeah, you might be just a tad out on a limb. It's a good thing you ran this willy-nilly one by me first. What's a willy-nilly tweet that you would put out? I'm I'm constantly willy-nilly tweeting. Oh, okay. Uh, is that what you went as for Halloween this year? A willy-nilly tweet? Hello, I'm <laughs> willy-nilly tweet. <laughs> Do you know what Bong Joon Ho called the fish monster? Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Chunky peanut butter is just unfinished peanut butter. <laughs> We gotta, we gotta add the clown emoji to this uh, willy nilly tweet alert now. <laughs> honk honk. Good to laugh again. <laughs> so, Matt, I've, yeah. I have something. We talked. We were talking about um, butter earlier. <laughs> Mm-hmm. With chunks of cow in it, mm-hmm. and uh, interestingly enough, today's movie has chunks of cow. 
Why is our smoothest transition have to be a reference to cow placenta? I'm talking about the gay romantic drama God's Own Country. (laughs) We're not going to do justice to this movie at all, are we? Uh, this is a serious movie <laughs> it's very serious i had to like sit with this movie when it was done yeah. like the credits rolled and yeah i was like wow quick question you've seen this before this is my second time yeah okay yeah this first feeling for me i put off watching it because i knew that it was on your list and you told me not to watch it did you watch this before we reviewed Brokeback Mountain back in June? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because this movie kind of lives in the shadow of Brokeback. Oh, 100%. Yeah. This takes place in the UK. <laughs> I used to freak s- out laughing at random <laughs> times in this. When I first watched it, I was I would ex- describe... <laughs> God, the whole country is... <laughs> It's just Brokeback Mountain with a happy ending. Lo, 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 lo. <laughs> That's what I should have tweeted when yeah, I saw it. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I stand by that. I what? still think it's it's kind of like, it is sort of like all the things that Brokeback Mountain isn't. <laughs> it fills the void. Brokeback <laughs> It gives me the cow chunks that were missing <laughs> from Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> I had a really moving time watching this movie. And yeah, <laughs> I did too. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, anyone who tuned in being like, I want to hear some thoughtful things about yeah. this movie from these guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Brokeback was missing things. <laughs> it was stillborn calves. <laughs> and mud and involved skinning. in their sex. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, I, I brought this up because. Yes, very much in the shadow of Brokeback. But in our Brokeback episode, you were talking about how, like, they could have made it work. Like, you really believe that they should have just done things differently and made it work, and they could have gotten a farm and, and done it just the two of them. And I was like, no, it couldn't have because of X, Y, and Z. It's Wyoming. It's the 60s. It's it's just not... <laughs> like It's, it's not, America. Yeah. <laughs> and... I get, you know, spoiler alert, I get to the end of this movie and I'm like, I see why Ryan wanted that so badly and broke back because it's such a satisfying ending here. Yeah, yeah. This, so I, I'm taking it, you liked the movie. I did, very much so. No, 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 like, like, like I said earlier, like when it was over, I kind of had to like sit with it for a little bit yeah. because, I mean, real sparse dialogue, it's not a wordy movie, uh, not a lot of soundtrack to it either. No. Um, oh, but when it comes in, 
accounts. Yeah, the end credit song was by Patrick Wolf, which I thought was like a queer artist that only I knew about. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah he's a big deal. I don't think he really still makes music anymore. He hasn't in a couple of years, but it's like he was like one of the, you know, the, the radical queer fairies before that was like a thing. Yeah. And so, like, when it came on, I was like, I know this song. And I looked it up, and yeah, it was Patrick Wolf. I was like, oh, God. I haven't thought about him since, you know, diggity diggity six. <laughs> when I first sat down to watch this movie, it was something that Netflix recommended, or something recommended for me. And I was just like, all right, movie. Impress me. Like, I've seen plenty of gay romances, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. And, like, for the first 40 minutes or so, I'm seeing things but I'm still kind of like, mm, I don't know. You haven't really done it for me. But when it gets to the point when like, we see him skinning a lamb, I'm yeah. like, this is a different kind of movie. You, you didn't think it was a different type of movie when he stuck his hand <laughs> inside the cow? <laughs> you weren't like, ooh, now we got a movie. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've seen it. Oh, yeah, he, he sticks that hand way up that horse's vagina. Horse. Cow. <laughs> I don't work on a farm. <laughs> I was going to say, you're not a country lad, are you? <laughs> and, like, this time around, I my favorite thing was, like, <laughs> all the symbolism. Like, there's just so much good symbolism in this movie. And body parts going into butts, which <laughs> happens, like, eight times in this movie. Wow. Well. Symbolist. Every, every new chapter starts with them putting their hand. Like, if you ask me, there's not enough hands in cow vaginas. Like, I don't want to be insensitive, but like, he was sticking his hand in that cow's butt in the beginning, right? I thought he was feeling for the calf, so I thought it was her vagina. Uh, yeah, but it was like right under the tail. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I, I don't, cow anatomy works. I don't know works. how cow anatomy works either, but, like, like yeah, I was like, but my junior high school biology lessons teach me that babies don't come out of a butt. Yeah. Well, maybe, like, you can feel the calf through the butt. I don't know. Maybe. I just, yeah, because it really looked like the butt to me, but yeah. got glove up to his elbow. You're really digging in there. And that cow was not happy about it. No. And so Johnny, he's like our main character, our introduction to him. One thing I really like about this movie is it, it really makes you, he starts off very low. Like it dares you to love him at first because he's barfing in a toilet. Like that's how we first meet him. Yeah. <coughs> Ew, you're gross. And then he's like spitting and pissing and like he just looks gross. And you're like, you suck. The thing about like all his like spitting and pissing and things like that is like it's kind of mirrored later, but by what's the the Romanian's name? Georgi. G- yeah, Georgi. Like when Johnny hooks up with that like doctor or nurse or whatever early on. Uh, that's a, a yeah, it's someone or, at, at like a auction. Maybe he's a vet or something like animal, like farm know. animal. He's, he's at the auction. Though. Yeah, uh, and they hook up and like. Uh, they have sex like out in the the, the trailer, you know, the, the cow trailer. It wasn't as bad as broke back, but it's like you know he gets like one loogie of spit for lube, but it like it mostly lands on the dude's butt cheek, and they go but into see him, it. like scoot it over. Yeah, you do. You do. He, he like you know makes its way over, but 
there is some venom like the first couple thrusts when you're bottoming are not the most pleasurable at least in my experience they're not I mean, maybe that kid was hosed out and like <sighs> ready to go he prepped beforehand yeah he had his like anal beads in there mm-hmm. uh just just, plop, plop, plop. just in case the uh, uh occasion arose because mm-hmm. yeah i'm just like oh with spit like i just oh yeah, you but usually he looked like he was up. loving it. So. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to have a beer with him. Yeah, afterwards. he was like, "Let's get a pint." Want to get a pint or something? No. Right. I just, you know, it was fun and that, and thought we might. We. Yeah. No. Yeah, he's sort of a, a miscreant, I guess yeah. is, is is what you'd call him. So yeah, the movie like makes him seem distasteful at first. Like he's gay, so it's like, okay, well you got that on your side, but like, boy. It's nothing else is really redeeming about him. Yeah, he kind of seems to be just like happy in his own self-loathing. Yeah, like he's gay, he's not happy about it, and he's not going to change. Yeah, not the most sympathetic of a uh, uh, person. Like, unlike say Brokeback, where these two were like their only chances for happiness. Johnny's got chances. Like, yeah. he could see this dude that he just hooked up with. But he chooses not to. Right. And that choice is, like, a big difference. Like, he's kind of choosing to just live his life, like, with his parents, drinking till he gets sick every night, and doing presumably a job that I he seems to hate. Right. He's on a family farm with his dad and his grandma. That oh. one was his grandma. Oh, okay. Um, his dad had a stroke. And so couldn't do the duties on the farm, so that all basically like lands on Johnny to do everything mm-hmm. on the farm. And you can tell he's like he's resentful. He's just like fuck. Like I like this work kind of like I don't mind doing it, but when I have to do everything and now life sucks, like he hates it. You know, yeah. he doesn't see any of the good things about the life that he has. Yeah, the grandma Gemma. Jones or whatever she's in the Ang Lee Sense and Sensibility she's Mrs. Dashwood oh okay it's been a while since I've seen that one yeah. but okay she's also the nurse in the Harry Potter series so Mrs. Pomfrey so <laughs> okay that matters to you but um yes his life is miserable by the fact that like this was sort of put on him but he's also not making the best of it either yeah he's really like leaning into I mean, the he's fact- sort of a shit ass about it really like yeah drags his feet makes the situation worse like no one wants to work when they're hung over uh and he's hung over all the time right and like it's a cycle because he, he has his shitty day and he wants to like drink to forget about it and then yeah he hurts himself by drinking because so he's hung over the next day you know maybe this movie isn't a good indication but it seems like all farm animals have problems giving birth on their own <laughs> like because we get like uh uh i don't know if it was a stillborn calf but it's like he oh yeah well, like well he, he sticks his hand up that cow and he's yeah. like any day now girl yeah he goes to auction a cow off has sex with that dude and then he comes back and the, the dad's, dad's like, out there and he's like we could have saved this one and the, that cow has given birth and the 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 calf didn't make it no i'll get the vet oh don't talk wet just get on with it. Uh, but the dad's like, it's no use now. Right. And, like, hands him the gun, and he has to, like, kill this... Blow a calf's brains out. Yeah. 
So in like in that, and in that moment, you're thinking like, ah, oh, fuck, Johnny's probably dealing with a lot of shame because it's like if he hadn't stopped to have sex with that guy, maybe he could have gotten back in time to help save this cat. Exactly. But instead, he has to come home from after fucking some dude to blow its brains out. Yeah. And it's like, Ugh. and like it'd be one thing if he like hooked up with someone that like he truly cared about, but like this was just a fuck. Yeah. Like nothing more. Yeah. So it's just like a pretty empty experience for him it's pretty sad yeah pretty sad start yeah but because there's so many duties on the farm they put out an ad and this one romanian immigrant farm worker has replied and so they're like he's the only one so he's the one who's gonna get the job and so inter Gheorghi, yeah handsome romanian yeah and this is when, like, the fantasies in my head start running. I'm like, oh, maybe I should just get a little piece of land out in Vermont. <laughs> you know, we could raise some sheep, sell cheese, and artisanal jams, and just be the two of us. Butter with beef bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I... Uh, this time around, I was really focused on Georgie's character, because it's like... Butter with beef. <laughs> I think it'd be good on a sandwich. <laughs> it could be. I'd have to think about it. Two great tastes that taste great together. <laughs> oh, you got butter in my beef bits. <laughs> you got beef bits in my butter. Yeah, I, I like it. <laughs> anyway. I was focused on Georgie a lot in this viewing because it's like he has a lot of character motivation. It's not like he's just some like magical foreigner who comes in and like fixes everything. He's not a manic pixie dream man. No, I mean like he has motivations of his own. He had a farm, but Romania became depressing for him. So he's like, he comes up here and he sees opportunity where Johnny sees like a cage. Yeah. And that's illustrated right away because like they go and he, you know, he, he has to stay in this like little trailer on the property and they go in and it looks sad. Like, yeah. There's like a bare bulb white hanging and you're like, and he's like, you have to slam the door. It's a shite place, isn't it? I told you, didn't I? Shite all. But you wish you'd stayed in Romania. But then he takes the bulb out of the bare thing and puts it in a lamp and it's like the lighting changes and suddenly you're like, that trailer doesn't look so bad. Yeah. I mean, that tells us everything we need to know about Georgi for the rest of the movie. It's like, that's this is his attitude about these things. And that that is the theme that sort of plays out is like he he's industrious, I guess. Like part of it's nurturing, but part of it is like he knows how to solve a problem, I guess, is... is for lack of a better term. Yeah. And it's not just the, f- like the farm and things where he, he, he sees that in Johnny too. Mm-hmm. Later that plays out. He's like, he's going to fix Johnny. <laughs> Whereas us, the audience, our first reaction to him should be like, ew, gross. What a worthless cause. Yeah. Like Yorgi doesn't necessarily see that. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, Johnny is like the, the runt, uh, lamb. Oh my God. <laughs> see, I'm glad you saw all this because I was worried I was going to have to be like, now, Matt, because in the uh, in the past, we've disagreed a lot on romantic movies. Mm. And so I was 
I really didn't know what you were going to think coming into this. I was like, oh, what if he hates it? But sounds like I don't have to, so this is fine. Yeah, but. yeah no, no, no. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, but yeah, it's totally the land because there's the, the whole sweater thing is yeah. like symbolism. So later, there's they have to go up to this like, they're broke back mountain, mm-hmm. basically. They have to go live up at this cabin. It's not even a cabin. It's like a rundown. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess cabin is as good a term. Stone, Some sort of stone cabin. hut yeah. house thing. They have to go up there on the property to take care of the sheep and like fix a uh, stone wall and stuff. Da 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 da. But like um, while they're up there, one of the sheep gives birth to a lamb, and it looks like it's not going to make it. And that's when Johnny's like, "It's just going to be a runt anyway. Leave it alone." And so like. Georgie kind of nurses it, but because... Does it, like, mouth-to-mouth? Yeah. Does the thing where he grabs it by the hind legs, like, shakes it, I guess, to get blood to the head? Or amniotic fluid out of its mouth? Oh, yeah, out of its lungs or something? Yeah, Yeah. it could be. But he he nurses it, but because he's now touched it, I think there's probably, like, after it's newly born or something, there's probably, like, things where, like, its mom won't accept it, or maybe the mom died in childbirth. I don't know. But, um... What he has to do is, like, there's another lamb that comes along and dies, and he cuts off the lamb's skin, and we see it. Yeah. We see him skin the lamb, and you're just like, what's happening? Yeah, it was like, did all the money go into making a fake lamb, or did they find some lamb carcass and skin it? Um, As someone who has skinned a rabbit, that's what it looks like. Yeah. It's it's an odd experience. But he takes that one lamb's coat and then puts it on the little sickly lamb that he nursed back and then puts it with the dead lamb's mom and the mom just accepts it as her own. Oh, was that the dead lamb's mom? Yes. Oh, okay. So once again, it's Georgi saying like, look, here's the situation. Yeah, it looks bleak and it looks like this isn't going to happen, but if we just use a little ingenuity and a little like know-how, yeah. you can turn this around and that thing is totally going to have a happy life now. Yeah. Later, that same, like, metaphor gets, you know, layered because he gives this, like, sweater that he wears throughout the movie to Johnny yeah. at one point, and you see Johnny wearing it, and it's yeah. like, oh, he's just, like, Johnny just needed that kind of love yeah. and tenderness. I think we're making this movie sound sweeter than a lot of the movie appears to be. Oh. I mean, A, the skinning of, of the lamb carcass is rough to watch because he's just, like cuts the legs and like snaps the bones and like rips off it's like, grizzly it is really grizzly and i kept thinking of that 30 rock joke of uh do you know what i did this morning i assisted in the birth of a foal they named it jack and it was delicious so yeah they're up in this shack area watching the sheep and and mending to the the stone wall and they this is where like the broke back element comes and they can't resist their attraction to each other but one thing that I complained about with Brokeback is like I was like, uh, just all the body language seems to to paint their position preferences a little too solidly, uh-huh. and I was like, here because we see Johnny top that guy in the trailer, yeah, and here he kind of goes for it, but uh, George Georgi Georgi not into it, yeah, and kind of forces his hand, and and I, I like that a little bit more because it kind of just seemed like. Johnny was like a angry bottom who topped because he just felt like that was like the manly thing to do. Sure. And it kind of took someone who was 
a little bit more in touch with himself to like bring out a softer side yeah. of Johnny. Well, he keeps, you know, Johnny does this like performative thing where he's like, you have Paki or something. Pardon? Um, no, I am from Romania. Gypsy. Please don't call me that. They call each other faggot like a couple times. Yeah. There's that part where he calls him a and that's when like Yorgi can't take anymore. And he like pins him down and he's mm-hmm. like, do not fuck with me. I don't appreciate it. In that moment, you can see in Johnny's eyes, like, I'm in love. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, he doesn't, you know. I don't know. I just I just kind of got this feeling that, like, Johnny was, like, secretly, like, a dirty little sub. But, like, you had to earn it. Mm. You had to take it. Yeah, maybe. Because it's, like, the more that Georgie gets, like, dominant, like, the more I think Johnny kind of likes it. And in different ways, like, Georgi gets dominant in, like, forcing him to be tender, too. Yeah. So. It, yeah, he he's not just, he, he's not, like, a dominatrix or something like that. Or, like, he he's emotionally strong. Yeah. And that's, like, what is turning Johnny that's on. That's really melting his, his, his beef, beef butter. butter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just, like. Even the way that, like, the first sex scene plays out, I'm like, this is how it would actually happen. Yeah. Like, he goes for the butt, and it doesn't work, and, like, Johnny just ends up, like, sucking him off. And I'm like, that's more or less probably how it would actually happen. Yeah. It's all muddy and yeah, dirty. Yeah, it's not hot. I, I mean, it's kind of hot. A little. I think there's hotter stuff. Like, we it, get some dick, by the way. Cha-ching. When they're just, like, hanging out, like, yeah. in the in the post-coital. Yeah. Which I, I always love a scene like that. Post-coital? Well, yeah, and just, like, you're just hanging out, and, like, you can totally tell, like, oh, they fucked. But there's just, you know, like, you just hang out naked after you have sex, and then that's usually when you, like, talk. But it's, like, I hate it when movies are, like, oh, this is, like, post-coital, but, like, they have the sheets and, the, like, the woman's, like, covered all the way up to her boobs. It's sure. Like, just show us fucking, like, people, after having sex, you're just, you're fucking naked and you're splayed. It, it kind of reminded me of uh, in Weekend, mm. like, after they had had sex and, like, one of them, like, they're just talking about, like, things that are not sexually related. Right. Uh, but at, like, one point, one of them, like, remarks that, like, cum is still, like, dripping down his belly and he needs a towel. And I'm like, that's how it happens. Yeah, yeah. And this kind of reminded me of that. Like, they're just after sex they're just hanging out naked it's like they have like jackets or tarps or something over the hay mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah I mean given the circumstances that's how it would look yeah. I also bought it like even though there wasn't a lot of words like I saw the attraction between the two and like you know for lack of a better word they kind of have a little bromance thing because it's like uh, after the father has like a second stroke and goes right. to the hospital and the grandmother goes to the hospital like, to take care of him or to be there with him. Uh-huh. It's just the two men left at the house for, for a couple days. And they kind of have this nice little tender domestic moment that... And I think that's important. But it also kind of reads like how like two bros would do it. It's like one of them like cooks up some pasta and it's not like a gourmet meal. But you can tell that Johnny's like kind of touched by it. And it's like, it's just boiled noodles and probably canned sauce. Like, yeah. I, maybe he made the sauce. We didn't see that. But it's like, it, like he puts out, like, two plates of pasta, and then there's, like, two pints. Uh-huh. And, like, Georg is, like, t- 
tasting the pasta and like puts salt on it and yeah. mixes it and he's like okay now it's ready to eat it's cute and like yeah they just have the, the big cans there and it's like it's almost like frat boy-esque like what's the big meal that they would cook for each other oh they're gonna just boil some noodles and put some ragu on it yeah and drink fucking tall boys of Oli. like this is that scene but it's sweet yeah, and it's important because it shows, like, well, later when Johnny is like, I think that this is what I want, like, we need to see that too, you know? Like, we he sees, like, a future with this guy, and it looks like this, and it's like, this I could be happy this way. And, like, he says that to his dad later. It's like, you know, his dad asks him after he has this thing. He's like, Mick, you're happy. Yeah. It helps that we see why he would say that, you know, because it's like, oh, that's really sweet. And yeah, I could see why. And that works for him. And well, I could also kind of see like just average audience member. I'm like, I could see this for me almost like in a romanticized version of just like you work hard all day and you come home and like there's a meal and a beer and like the person you love right there and fresh sheep's cheese. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I want did how much did you want to eat that cheese? I was like when he was like boiling the milk and getting the whey out. Uh, I don't know. I want I want to eat fresh sheep cheese from farm. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure it's good. Oh, it sounds oh, it looked good to me. But it's those it's those little moments and like I don't think there's any dialogue outside of like oh, hold Mm-mm-mm. like that's the whole dialogue yeah and i don't know i i was just here for it. like i bought like the romance between the two like no qualifiers good visual movie like there's the part where they're like building the fence out of stone and johnny because at this point in the movie he's a little shit refuses to take work gloves um he cut, oh right he like he he cuts himself or maybe this is after he's cut himself and Georgi offers him his gloves. He's like, here, take mine for a while. We'll like pass these back and forth. But it's like, it's wordless. But like just him taking off his gloves and handing them or offering them to Johnny says loads about his character and Johnny's refusal to take them in that moment. Like you said loads. (laughs) I also felt like they did a good job of like paralleling certain things. Cause it's like, okay, so there's spit and we see Johnny spit like as lube like oh. on, on the guy's butt but then it's like later georgie Georgi, Georgi, yeah. Georgi, uh like spits in like the cut in his palm yeah and that speaks to his character because like something we see as gross earlier from johnny is shown from Georgi's perspective as like a healing thing yeah exactly i also kind of felt that like maybe like the cut was like representative of something like the whole sure. a little bit like the butthole? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, why like, not? Why not? Well, because, like, the the way that, like, he kind of, you know, instead of, like, spitting haphazardly on it, like, he actually, like, gets the saliva in there and is, like, caring about it. Yeah. Uh, which makes me think he's a, you know... Tender Tender top. and thorough lover, yeah. <laughs> and it's nice because, like, and then it, there's, like, things where... So, while they're in the hospital and they're, like talking about like oh how's your dad da, 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 da. and he's like johnny's like oh i'm stressed out duh. and Giorgi does the thing where he like kind of like caresses tenderly his finger johnny's finger the next scene we see johnny go in to see his unconscious father and he does like 
little tender touches on his dad's hand and that like makes him stir and it gets amplified later when he's like having to bathe his dad yeah but it's like there's this revelation that johnny has where it's like tenderness isn't a sign of weakness yeah that Georgi like it's actually a sign of strength yeah it's shown him that that's who he is and that it means he's he's strong like he doesn't have to be strong in this fake way that his dad and his grandfather have been he can be strong in this other way right because Georgi is strong like he's the dominant of the two but he's like dominant like through his tenderness yeah which is a good dynamic I like that yeah it's a nice reveal so at some point, Georgi decides like it's not going to work, like the whatever situation they have. Yeah. It, like I think well, the because, implication is like if we can't like come out. No, it was because uh, uh, Johnny cheats on him because he doesn't know how to deal with the everyday stuff. So. But but even before that, because they're kind of like in front of like this could be our farm, this could be us, like this could be the the rest of our lives, and he's like, well, we can't do it in secret like we've already seen that that doesn't work Mm. i've been through this before on my farm i can't go through that again it will not survive believe me the read that i got off of it is like if they're gonna do it yorgi is like we have to be honest to ourselves about it like Mm -hmm. we can't hide it we can't like try and squirrel it away from the world and Johnny's like, no, 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 we can do the same thing as we're doing right now. Like, it won't be a problem. And, like, that's when, like, the rift kind of happens. Like, yeah. that's when they realize, like, we have a fundamental, fundamentally different view on on how our, this can go forward. Which is kind of dumb because, like, early in the movie, Johnny meets up with some girl that he, like, grew up with who's gone away to college and has come back in and visiting. And I really like that scene because it, like gives us a little glimpse of like oh johnny's not all irredeemable like he has some things where you just got to know how to work them i thought once you lot escaped to your fancy colleges and that you'd never come back it's a reading week isn't it you know what my mum's like came up with a couple of my uni mates it makes it bearable brought them to go up and laugh at the natives get over yourself you're not that interesting as a local tourist attraction she obviously knows he's gay she's like come hang out with my friends uh cyril I don't remember his name, is really fun. You would like him. Like, you can tell that the subtext of that is like, he's gay. <laughs> Come hang out with my gay friend. Which, I know it's annoying that when you're He'll a young... show hole for a pint. <laughs> when you're a young gay person that, like, somebody else has a gay friend, they're like, Come meet my gay friend. You guys will totally get along. Like, that I know ha- yeah, every gay person, it's like... It's fucking annoying. Yeah. But it's also, like, shows that, like... She knows every. It feels like it's such an open secret that he's yeah. holding. Like all of his closet angst is coming from him. Mm-hmm. Like even his dad doesn't really seem to care. <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't. I don't get any vibes from his dad or his grandma that they're homophobic. Yeah, the, there's not the usual like gay romance coming of age thing that it's like. If you come out, like violence will will come upon you or yeah. something like that. Like, I mean, the 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 grandmother does kind of have like not a breakdown, but like she's ironing the shirt, yeah, and she screams into it, yeah, and hey, condoms. Like she she found a condom when she was cleaning and the room and she flushed it. Uh, which yeah, I thought to I do. totally thought that like the toilet was gonna get clogged and it was gonna be a thing. Me too. 
but no, it wasn't. And but I was like, condoms? What are they? Quakers? Like, come on. <laughs> the oat lobby got to them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was just like, just pull out, you guys. But they don't have proper lube. Like condoms, like just add to the problem. He had fucking J lube when he was sticking his hand up that cow's anus. So <laughs> yeah, just go use that. They, they have like industrial farm lube yeah. there. Yeah, just I'm sure that's what they used. But yeah, not, none of the homophobia seems to be coming outwardly. It all seems to be inward, like it's yeah. self hatred that's keeping him from coming out in the closet. And that would drive me away from someone too. Like if I was like dating somebody and it was like really great but they were like in the closet still oh that just puts you in the closet yeah i'd be like you have to deal with it and it's like well what's keeping you in there and they were like uh it's like yeah fucker who cares get over yourself yeah no dating someone in the closet is like partially going back into the closet yourself like yeah yeah, no one wants that and uh what a tough decision for georgi because it's like Oh, I have my dream. I get a, a beautiful farm, and it's like, and it's a fixer upper. Yeah, and which where is I could what call the shots. Yeah, yeah he's like, he, this is like, ah, oh, my dream, and he has to walk away from it, and he goes and works, and it's so sad when we find out he's been working on this like industrialized potato farm in Scotland. Yeah, like, it is it, depressing to yeah, see where it, he had and to it's, go. It's radically different because like the farm where like most of the movie is taking place is like what you imagine a farm to be right more or less you know or at least a cheap cattle farm yeah and then he goes to one that's like modernized like it's you know lots of machinery all the farmhands are in jumpsuits there's trucks everywhere it's it's industrial it doesn't feel agricultural it feels industrial yeah Yeah. even though it's food yeah but yeah it's some sort of potato farm of some sort but but that's the decision he knew he was going to be making when mm-hmm. he's when he walked away he was like okay well i'm gonna have to get a job at one of these fucking industrial plants that i hate yeah which is sad but. um but johnny tracks him down and uh kind of apologizes i guess because it's, not, I, it's I mean, not johnny cheated on him like while like at that pub when they like kind of were having a little bit of a fight about do we or do we not come out? Johnny like goes and fucks that that really cute twink in the in the bathroom stall. Well, yeah, those those urinals are inviting. <laughs> yeah, some fucking though. They're like shoulder to shoulder. I wouldn't be able to pee in those urinals. They were like on top of each like, other. Too close. Yeah, too close. Also, for a small English town, there was a lot of gay folks around. Seriously, like this be a college town or something. Eager and willing. Yeah, but yeah. He, I buy that moment at the end just because the moment on the bus or the or before that on the farm, the industrial farm. Uh at the farm. Okay. When he's like, I'm trying here. I'm trying to do this. Don't you see? I'm I'm trying to sort it out. And I've come all this way up here. And the coach and everything. And I want you to come back. With me. And I want us to be together. I want to be with you. And that's what I need to say. Does it last? I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, like, do, that's not the point do, of the movie. Do you think they make it? Yeah. <laughs> that's not the point. I think they make it. 
at least for a while, definitely. But yeah, the point is that like Johnny has grown and he understands that like tenderness is the answer, not like his old ways of like drinking himself. Uh, yeah, and like fucking brute strength. Yeah, yeah, and and not the not the brutal lessons of his uh, father and grandfather. Like, don't live that way. And it's just it's really warming. Yeah, it, it really is, and because the, there's the scene on the bus where you only see oh, Johnny yeah. at first, and then like he kind of just you know lays his head down, and then you see Georgie. Yeah, and like that's when I was like, this is why Ryan wanted that happy ending and broke back. It's so nice. I was like, this is so satisfying. Yeah. I'm like tearing up thinking about it. Yeah, it was really. I mean, yeah. So it, then it's like credits come, Patrick Wolf song, and I just let the credits roll. And like, even when like the whole thing was over, I was like, I still have to like just kind of sit with this for a little bit. Like, this movie was like really just like subtle and tender and like really just emotionally beautiful. <laughs> Okay, this movie has something that uh, started a trend alert for me in gay movies. Okay. Um, and I've seen it three times now, so I can call it a trend alert. Uh, I'm going to call this, much like in the Theo and Hugo episode, with the banality of civilization. Oh, my God. You're going to ruin this whole episode. I'm going to call this a uh, moment of transcendence in gay movies, where it's like everything is sort of like bleak and dark, and then like characters have like this moment. And like I've seen it in enough movies now romantic movies where it's like okay this is a thing where it's like music swells which happens at this moment and i know you know what i'm talking about lighting changes and it's just like this is the moment where like everything pivots sure and in this movie it's when they're on the sheep farm and Georgi gets up early and is walking and just walking away and like johnny and him have already fucked and they're already like friendly in the biblical way biblical sense um, and he's walking up this hill and Johnny's like, where are you going? Where are you going? And like Johnny follows him up and they just walk up to the top of this hill. And when they get there, they just look out and like, at first you just see their faces and it's like, look how beautiful this is. And then it, the camera changes. I think it's a cut and you see what they're seeing and you're just like, this is, ah, oh, this is mm. beautiful. And I think there's a lighting change too. I think like up until that point, all the like, colors are very gray slaty dark Mm -hmm. and then there's like warm moments until then but then like that's when the rest of the movie the lighting changes and it's like all warm light oh okay okay so the music plus the lighting change plus just like how beautiful it is it's like you finally see what Georgi sees in that moment like suddenly our perspective has changed from johnny's vision of this place to Georgi's and it like it warms us to God's own country suddenly sure it's like you could look at this as God forsaken land or you could look at it as God's own country and like I think that's like the thing I like the most about this viewing is that like there's two ways to look at everything you're well more than that usually but like in this case like 
every negative way to look at it is always met with a positive and it's just how you orient yourself that matters sure because like you hear about you know not so much our generation but like the generation before us of like queer people who kind of like had to play straight relationship wise for a while at least like not necessarily get married but it's like maybe date a girl in high school or something for a while and like you'll hear them say that like once they finally like accepted who they were like suddenly they saw relationships in color mm-hmm. like that it, it changes their perspective on it it's like even rosie o'donnell says like it you know because she like dated men like earlier in her life and she's like it's something you can't have like satisfying sex or like get along well with them it's just it's not who you're gonna love like really deep down in your bones and like once you find out that you're capable of these emotions you can't go back yeah and yeah i i'd say that that moment is like the moment where they collectively realize they can't go back yeah and i've just seen it i've seen it in a couple other like Around the last, I'd say, five or six years, gay movies, where that happens. Where well, I it's mean, like, suddenly there's just this pivot point. Yeah, I mean, even in, uh, like, Single Man, there's, like, you know, a couple scenes where, you know, Nicholas Holt comes well, in. Well, that's and one the, of them, yeah. The, the, in the way, when they're running in the waves. Well, even before that, like, when they meet, like, at the bar before that, it's like the contrast changes, like, really sharply when right. he sees Nicholas Holt and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I've seen it enough. That I'm going to call it a trend. Sure. And don't hate it, TBH. I kind of like it. I mean, I'm sure that, like, straight romance does that, too. We just don't care as much about it. <laughs> Who cares? Like I said in the Brokeback episode, well, only gay romances are worth watching anymore because only gays have something to lose. <laughs> like, We'll keep at least one eye open when we do Love Actually and, and keep a lookout <laughs> for color changes. And Fine. <laughs> so this director, this is his debut... And his, he has another movie coming out. It's supposed to have a release here in the United States soon. But it's called Anna Knight. And uh, it is a <laughs> British gay period drama. Lesbian. Oh. Starring Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked this yes. one up. Yeah, that one looked good. Yeah. That one looked good. Kate Winslet, uh, you know. Oi, can you help me with this oyster, Sorsha? Oh, it's stuck in me knickers. (laughs) She's gone lesbian before, silly old trout. (laughs) Uh, I'm super excited about it because based on how much I like this movie and how much I'm into lesbian period dramas these days, uh, I think it's going to be good. So... A better person than I needs to make a joke about lesbian period drama. (laughs) Oh, you made plenty of lesbian period drama jokes. We need to get a a professional joke writer on that. There's good jokes in there someplace. Someone someone call (laughs) willy-nilly. There should be a joke writer named (laughs) willy-nilly. I think you'd be good at it. Yeah. Hey, that's a tweet in itself. There should be a joke joke writer named willy-nilly. What is coming up next week? We've done two pretty heavy movies right in a row. Nixon and God's Own Country. That's weighty films. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's just do something a little more lighthearted, a little bit more more frivolous. A little breezy. Yeah. Yeah, especially since I know we've got some weighty fare on the, on the horizon. 
No, let's do a screwball comedy. Let's do Unfaithfully Yours. Oh. Preston Sturgis. Okay. I've never heard of it. I've never seen a Preston Sturgis movie that I can remember. This is just a good, lighthearted screwball comedy. Great. I'm in the mood for those these days. Oh, good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Unfaithfully Yours. That's a good moment to pivot to uh, Patreon talk, so why don't we plug our junk and get the fuck out of here? On the sordid topic of coin... We're doing uh, lots of stuff for Christmas. And yeah. And one of them is a screwball comedy that stars a certain uh, Blumpkin lover that I'm not going <laughs> to mention the name of at the moment. Uh, but if you want to listen to that, you got to be you got to be a patron. you got to pay us money. That sounded yeah. rude when I said it that way, but it's the truth. Um, and you can do that at X-rated, or patreon.com.xratedmovies. Become an extra. Otherwise, you can always leave us love wherever you get podcasts, your Apple Podcasts, your Stitchers, your Overcasts, your your uh, Chartables, as we, as we got one recently there. Um, Have fun with it. I love getting reviews. It's my favorite part of this podcast. I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> Go to our website, xratedmovies.com. Email us, x.rated.movies at gmail.com. Facebook is at Rated X Movies. Twitter is at X Rated Movies. And uh, am I leaving anything out? That sounds like all the ways to contact us and give us money. I, I was thinking, uh, do you have a Venmo? Yeah. I was thinking we should give out our Venmos if people just want to give us like a one-time tip. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. The problem with Venmo, though, is they, they can also ask for money. Like they can send you a bill. Oh, you don't want that? Well, if you'd like to give out your Venmo. All right. If you want to give me money, my Venmo is just at Ryan Whedon. R-Y-A-N-W-E-A-D-O-N. Matt's not giving out his because he doesn't like money. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm over it. He just likes to count it for other people. Money's just a concept, Ryan. That's true. So is gender. Yeah, it's true. We're all just adhering to roles in a play. Cool, cool, cool. Well, next week then we're doing Unfaithfully Yours. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. All right. Until next week. Keep reaching for the rainbow. Bye. Bye.